0: I'm Kaylee Arrett, and you're listening to episode 47 of Me When I'm Free. This is the podcast that ponders the question, who is this me when I'm free, and why does it even matter? And what would it be like to live into our unique design on behalf of the world? Let's explore these questions together each week through a simple story, a few moments of reflection, and space to pray. Join me, friend. Hi, friend. It has been a joy to dive into the topic of calling during this season of the me when I'm free podcast to hear stories of calling and to reflect together on what it means to be called. We're coming to the end of season two. But before we finish, there's one more story that I'd like to tell. And that is my own. It's the story of how I sensed God calling me into the vocation of a spiritual director. I've shared bits and pieces along the way, but never the full picture, and I realized as I considered sharing it here that there was just too much to fit into one of our regular episodes, so I invited my sister to join me again, this time as the interviewer and I as the guest. You may recall that my sister Tamara joined us on episodes 37 and 38 to share her story of calling also as a spiritual director. And while our vocations may be the same, our journeys have been unique. So today I'm pulling up to the microphone to share how I got here, my pathway to calling. It's a story of calling, but it's also a story of learning to believe that God still speaks personally creatively, intricately, if we will simply learn to pay attention. Listen in. Okay. Whenever you're ready, feel free to start. All right.
1: Okay. Kaylee, I am looking forward to hearing your answer to this question because we had a, a lot of fun talking about it. Um, on a previous episode. Mm -hmm. As we consider this idea of calling, Mm -hmm. I'd love to know what's your least favorite job ever.
0: Yeah. Yep.
1: That is not
0: very hard for me to nail down. Although I will say there's two that come to mind. Uh, One was just horrendous. The other was more just kind of boring. So the first one was when I went to college, I, my first semester there, I got a job as a telemarketer for the uh, Fraternal Order of Police. Naturally. Yes. And not only was I very bad at it, I think maybe more than once I cried <laughs> when people <laughs> got angry with me. Um, like on just, the,
1: while you were on the phone with them, you I think broke so. Phone? Yeah,
0: <laughs> I'm quite sure I did. Yeah, I don't think that helped though. I don't think they gave more money because of it. But, <laughs> um, but I, it just completely stressed me out, and I lasted one semester and a day with that. So, wow. I, the second semester, I went in, tried it. I was like, nope, I cannot do this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other one it was also when I was in college. And yeah, it's just funny the things that you do for money mm-hmm. when you're desperate. But uh I worked for a company that made foam for uh dry cleaner hangers. You know, when you get hangers mm-hmm. from the dry cleaner that are wire, but they have the foam mm-hmm. on them. Mm-hmm. They made that foam for the hangers. And my job for eight hours a day was to count the foam covers for the hangers in order to package them for shipment. So I would just count one to 50, but the funny part of it is that I actually thought I had this really clever system for counting because you had to like place them on top of something and you can only fit so many. So I'd have to do them kind of one section at a time. So I was trying to count them, I think I did like 17, 17, 17 or something like that. And I thought that that was equaled 50. And then it was like two <laughs> weeks after I quit the job. And I was like, wait, that, that doesn't equal 50. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm equal 51 the whole time. Oopsie. Oh, but, bonus. Yeah. Bonus. Yeah. Bonus home. I lasted uh, two weeks in that job.
1: <laughs> so Yeah. What i wonder how much money. you cost them with all those bonus phones yeah
0: they probably went out of business all because <laughs> of me <laughs>
1: anyway all right.
0: yeah i'm glad those days are over
1: <laughs> that's fun yeah i uh, i am so glad that neither you nor i has to stay in those um jobs although it is fun to um talk about them now yes so, in this conversation about calling, um, what we're here to talk about today is you're stepping into this vocation of a spiritual director. Yeah. And um, I'm sure over time you will have a whole series of stories that you won't be able to tell, actually, but yeah. will, will be delightful. But right now, I'd love to hear your story of coming to this place. Um, you and I are both spiritual directors. And we followed some different pathways to kind of get to this beginning point in spiritual direction Mm -hmm. as directors but um maybe i just want to hear your story maybe in three parts i'll just name them for you and then we can kind of see where the story goes yeah Uh, when did you first sense that you were drawn to spiritual direction as a calling Mm
0: -hmm.
1: how did you discern that you're going to pursue spiritual direction and then what are some of the roadblocks you encountered along the way
0: yeah yeah that's good yeah it's it's been fun during this season for the podcast to talk about calling, but I sort of feel like I haven't really gotten to the full story that I wanted to share about my story of calling. So it's fun now to be able to kind of go a deep dive into my story. I've given little bits and pieces along the way, but um, I, I sort of have this kind of mystical Holy Spirit story related to how I first felt drawn into spiritual direction which is kind of funny because at the time I don't know that I really believed that God spoke to us in the ways that I was experiencing and yet now I look back and I can see it so clearly but probably about seven or eight years ago, uh, Wes and I were in this period of kind of questioning both of our call together and where God might be taking us, and you know whether we we were to stay where we were forever, if there was other um, things for us to look into, and it was right around that time. Uh, and this was even before I was even aware of spiritual direction as a profession. Um, but I, I sort of became obsessed with looking for signs, like God to show me signs of where he was calling Wes, where he was calling me. And I would you know, journal things that I thought might possibly be a sign. And it was during that time that this word kairos began to pop up. And it's a Greek word that means a defining moment or a pregnant moment, a moment where God intervenes. Uh, There's two different kinds of time um, in the Greek language. One is chronos time, which is chronological time, sequential time. It's kind of the time that we're used to, that we write in our calendars. And kairos time is this defining moment where God intervenes.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. And it was during this time that I first heard the word Kairos one day, I think Wes sent me this article just kind of randomly. And was talking about what, what Kairos time meant. And then the very next day I saw it somewhere else. And so I just noticed that I thought, Oh, that's interesting. Where is this word coming from I've never heard it in all my life and suddenly it's there two days in a row and I just kind of want to pay attention so I just started journaling that like I said I was looking for signs and then it was maybe a few months later that I went to this conference and at the conference they had a whole session about Kairos time and so once again I'm just kind of noticing this paying attention to it And then it might've been actually a year later when I first met uh, Christine, my spiritual director, uh, who became my spiritual director. Mm -hmm. And she introduced me to spiritual direction. And I was just kind of fascinated by it and um, participated in different retreats that she led and learned about the practice of Lectio Divina through her and really just loved, what spiritual direction was. And at the time she told me that the school that she attended was called, uh, Kairos, the Kairos school of spiritual formation. And so once again, it was just kind of this, okay, God, is there something here that you're trying to point me to? And so I started paying attention and then I started to think, huh, is it possible that God might be Inviting me to pursue spiritual direction training, which was this very strange thought for me. I had never once considered going back to school. I was in the world of money-saving blogging and doing, you know, pretty well with that, and mm-hmm. hadn't really thought about having a different calling. And so I I just wasn't sure what to make of that. So what I decided to do was, you know, I started to look into it a little bit, but I didn't even tell Wes. So I decided to. Just say, okay, God, if this is from you, if you're inviting me to look into this, would you have someone else tell me? Would you have someone else kind of say, I should pursue that? And that was it. And tell West not tell anybody. And it was within weeks of starting to pray that prayer that I was sharing some of my story in a Sunday school class. Uh, which included some of the ways that the practices of spiritual direction had um, really been a blessing to me and helped bring some healing into my life and um, at the end of that class our pastor came up to me and he said you know I've been thinking I think you might want to consider pursuing spiritual direction training wow and I just was like, tears sprang to my eyes. Mm-hmm. It felt so out of the blue. Like I never would have thought he would say that to me. And Christine happened to be standing right there and she affirmed it. And it took me a little while to actually share with them why it was so meaningful to me. But I went home that night and told Wes the story. And it was this moment of, could this be where you're calling me, but also like, wow, does God really speak like that? Like Mm -hmm. to make it that clear, it felt like this, it felt like a Kairos moment, Mm -hmm. (laughs) essentially really this defining moment in my spiritual journey.
1: Now that let me, just so that was you, you had begun receiving spiritual direction at that point.
0: I think I started a spiritual direction after that. I had, no, I know what it was. I was part of a spiritual direction group okay. at that time, yeah. but hadn't started one-on-one spiritual direction yet. Okay.
1: Yeah. And so you're saying this is about seven-ish years ago. Yes. Yeah. And um, what, tell us about this in between time. So yeah. you had this amazing moment that sounds yeah. so clear. Yeah. So tell us how you discerned that. know it took you a while right yes it did
0: it did um well what makes the story even more mystical is that it took that long and that when I finally decided I was going to pursue it I started looking at all of these different schools because the Kairos school that my friend attended uh wasn't an option anymore and I sort of was like oh was I making up that whole Kairos thing Mm -hmm. and then I got an email one day from a spiritual direction training and kind of, it sounded really interesting. I clicked on the link and it was called Kairos University. And it just felt like God was just kind of giving me a little God wink. Like, yep, Mm -hmm. you do hear me. You do. But there were, it was really five years of questioning and uh, I started to pursue it and then stopped and felt like, um, I need to try you know, this instead, I just began to think that there were other things that God might be calling me to. And so I actually look back at that time now, even though it felt like a lot of feeling stuck and uncertain, but I look back at that time now and see it sort of as living the questions, Mm. which, um, there's a quote, actually, I was going to read it to you by uh, Rainer Maria Rilke that, uh, sort of feels like it defines what that time was like for me. Um, he says live the questions now perhaps you will then gradually without noticing it live along some distant day into the answer and looking back now i can see that's what i was doing so i began to meet with a spiritual director and that became my space of living the questions so i would come to her and share the stuff that was stirring in my heart because desire really started to stir in my heart after that after i felt like god was leading me so clearly in that direction there was just this deep longing to know where are you taking me and so i began to consider Different trainings and um, you know other kinds of vocations, and would come back and kind of share the things that I had learned with her. Or you know I would lead different things in the church, different ministries, and sometimes it would go well and sometimes it would not. And I would come back and I would share it with her, and each little thing felt like it was a, a small question being answered uh, about who I was and what I had to offer but I never felt like I was getting the complete picture. It was just like little puzzle pieces Mm -hmm. along the way. And I remember saying to Christine one time that I just had this image of this target like way off in the distance. And I kept trying to shoot arrows towards it of longing of like trying to decide who God was calling me to be. And often it felt to me like God was kind of moving the target Mm -hmm. on me like, uh I I just felt sort of like so there were times where I, I felt like he was messing with me a little bit, like mm-hmm. I cannot figure this out. And that session was a really helpful moment because she helped me to imagine the target not as far off in the distance. But she said, What if the target is actually? you know, on your heart Mm -hmm. (laughs) and each of your arrows, uh, you're leaning back and you're shooting them into your heart. All of these ways that you're you're testing out your calling and your gifts and your strengths are ways to lean back into wholeheartedness. Mm -hmm. And so none of them is wasted. None of those, even if you feel like you're missing the target, none of those is wasted. And there was such a gift in having that image and also in having that space of being able to, you know, try something and feel like, no, that didn't work. That wasn't it. Or yeah, this helped me to see myself a little bit better. And this is helping me to see what I do really love. And, um, yeah, there was such a gift.
1: I love, uh, (laughs) hearing this chronological, so you're giving us the yeah. chronological time of this yeah. decision and the discernment process, um, being able to kind of intersect my, my story of being called yeah. in the spiritual direction because even as you were living the question and you know, just kind of sitting with the question, your journey helped me make a decision. Mm-hmm. So you mm-hmm. shared with me what you were learning and hearing and it stirred desire in me. And I was in a place in my life where I could say, yes, there was just a shorter, you know, chronological timeline for me to hearing and listening to the spirit's call, but also to, to encouragement of others and being able to say yes. And so, uh, I, I think that's a way it's an evidence of God's kingdom economy when yes. our, little yeses add up or they multiply actually they multiply in other ways and so um i just love being able to intersect that so we talked that about that a few episodes ago about yeah when you um invited me to share my story so yeah insert that here
0: yes i i appreciate you sharing that because i think one of the things that i have had to learn a lot about is god's economy and how often and his timeline, (laughs) and how often it doesn't match up to my own. And yet, if if I could see things from his perspective, Mm -hmm. he sees all the pieces coming together in ways that I can't fully see, and I may never fully see, and I have to trust um, that he can. So that's very encouraging to hear. Yeah,
1: I wonder if actually, that's just actually not an exception. It's the rule. It's the rule of Mm -hmm. God's economy, but we very rarely get to see it and you and I just because we're sisters you know we've been able to walk alongside each other through this whole process yeah we get to see it in this yes 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 I love that that. we can
0: celebrate that so that's so fun
1: yeah so talk about some roadblocks and I'm wondering if part of your roadblocks um would be season of life too what what season of life were you in and how did that impact the discernment process and, and what other roadblocks kind of were part yeah. of the process? I think, I think
0: I, I was thinking about that and I think there's kind of two specific categories I would put that in as, as, as I think about the things that held me back. Um, one is this, what I've come to understand about myself is that I really like, certainty. Mm -hmm. And the way that I look for certainty is through signs from God. I very much want God to paint pictures in the sky and say, this is the way, and this is where you are to go. And so sometimes he does do that. (laughs) Sometimes I have experienced that. He doesn't always Mm -hmm. and sometimes that can become a hook for me if I don't feel like God is painting pictures in the sky I can get very stuck and feel like I can't take another step forward until God tells me exactly what to do next and that I think understanding about that about myself uh, has helped me to recognize that there's always gonna be risk involved. There's always going to be risk and vulnerability involved when you are pursuing uh, God's dream for you. And when I can learn to embrace that and kind of normalize that, then I don't have to feel so um, strongly that I need absolute certainty. Um, I do think that the desire in my heart is a good one and that, you know, my desire is that I really want to be aligned with God. I don't want to, um, you know, do something outside of his will. I don't think that's a bad desire, but sometimes it can lead to kind of a paralysis, a sense Mm -hmm. of feeling stuck and spinning and. Or a sense of urgency, like I have to do this right now. And so spiritual direction has been really helpful for me to understand what that is. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Me When I'm Free podcast. You can tune back in next week to hear part two of this interview. In the meantime, click follow to subscribe to the podcast. And I'd be delighted if you left a review in your favorite podcast listening app. Thanks for listening, friend. Let's meet back here next week.